0: what is up Fantasyland? we are back for a monster thursday tailgate in the goat district thanks for joining us tonight we've got one of the true goats true legends in the game on with us tonight stick with us we got a big one let's get right to it guys
1: Fish, fish,
0: fish, fish. welcome back to the goat district fantasy land we've got a big matchup tonight between the bucks and the ravens we'll get you ready for that we'll get you ready for the week ahead the weekend ahead get you ready for the rest of the seasons and dan i don't think any name in the high stakes streets garners more respect than this man please walk this man in proper into the goat district
2: yeah, I think if you play high stakes, you definitely know who David Hubbard is. Uh, if you, there's almost a hundred percent chance you're sharing a league with him somewhere, um, just based on how many leagues that he has, and uh, he he has won the uh, the Football Guys Championship before, um, and he's won so many other leagues, so many of the the super high stakes standalone leagues, five k, ten k, you name it, uh, just absolutely. One of the biggest grinders you'll ever find in the high stakes community. So thanks for coming on, David.
3: Yeah, no, no problem, Dan. Enjoy it.
2: Yeah, so let's uh, you know let's just dive right in. Uh, we had a couple big bombshells hit today in the fantasy uh, community. It's always uh, fun to you know just kind of get that whiplash uh, going. And Kadarius Tony headed to the Chiefs. Um, so obviously that means the sky is falling in Kansas City. But uh, what, are, what are your expectations, Dave, for uh, Tony in Kansas City?
3: Well, there was a couple of threads going around on Twitter today, and I chimed in on one of them. I think it's a great landing spot for Tony. Uh, Tony was just done with the Giants. The coach and him didn't see eye to eye for whatever reason. I mean, Tony has some issues. But I think Tony landed in the perfect spot. Um, with um, Andy Reid being his coach, that's going to make a huge difference. Andy has a good good way of relating to people uh and i think tony's going to flourish there and they do a lot of uh improvising there and i think that's that situation is just going to suit him it might take him a couple of weeks but i think towards the end of the year Kadarius tony is going to be a big factor for the chiefs
2: yeah it kind of seemed like um you know Dable was looking for somebody to make an example of you know coming in new sheriff in town all that um, you know, and Tony got on his bad side real quick, and just never got off it. So, uh, you know that that probably had something to do with it. I mean, you know, we've seen the back and forth today on Twitter about you know what was Tony really hurt or not. You know, the Giants saying, "Yeah, he was." Tony saying, "Hey, I've been fine for a while." Um, so, you know, a lot of a lot of weird stuff going on there. What do you what do you think is going to happen on the Chiefs' offense as Tony kind of gets um, his his feet underneath
3: him in that offense, Dave? Yeah how do
0: you how do you think the hierarchy falls, Dave?
3: I think eventually uh, it might take, like I said, two or three weeks. It takes a while to learn the offense. He'll get with Mahomes, get with Andy Reid, get with the offensive coordinator. And in three or four weeks, I think he'll be a big part of the offense. I don't think it'll be Juju, Kelsey, and Tony out there. The other guys have had their opportunity. None of them did anything with it. I think that's why the Chiefs made this move. So, um, yeah, I think I think, I think think he's going to get involved, and I think he's going to be a factor down the stretch. And if you have him in fantasy, congratulations, because you weren't getting anything out of him in In uh, the Giants. And you really can't argue with Dable. Dable's had, look at the success he's given the Giants. Tony and his way of doing things didn't jive, so the coach moved on. I I don't fault uh, Dable for that either. I think Dable did the right thing, give the kid a new environment, see if he can flourish. And I think he will. I think that's the perfect, I think it's actually the perfect team for Tony to do what Tony does. So,
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I I think we've seen enough. Sketchiness out of Tony, that you know, I, the the floor is still zero to me. But uh, you know, that was all there was in in New York, and now we have some legitimate upside possibilities. So Definitely. it'll be interesting to see how how it works out. Any thoughts on that, JD? Yeah,
0: I, I feel like Tony ever since last week game uh, what was it week five against Dallas, 189 yards. He's kind of left. uh What's that saying, Dan? Uh, left a lot to. Uh, you know me with these sayings come on you know <laughs> what i'm trying to say anyways like he, he's underperformed basically yes. right like oh, yeah, like yeah. the expectations were high after that i think obviously this puts him in a better spot my only concern is it really waters uh down that receiving core in kc with juju already there i mean i love what they're doing i mean why not stack the the best quarterback in the league or top two or three with as many good talented weapons as possible um i think it's like they've said it's a good fit i just I'm, I'm curious to see how all the dominoes fall in this offense
2: yeah i i think this is probably worse for um juju you no know, i no i don't think juju necessarily so much for sky I, I, sky for sure uh, <laughs> mvs i think could definitely see a little bit of effect but probably uh hardman and a little bit of the running backs too i mean because tony can uh can you know, cut into both of those roles, what Hardman was doing and uh, what the running backs are doing in the passing game. And even, you know, some of that jet, you know, sweep stuff will take away rush attempts. Uh, so, you know, I, I think it's going to have a little bit of effect on a lot of guys that we couldn't really count on anyway in this offense.
0: And the, and the crazy thing is MVS just put up 100 and, or 201 yards, I mean, in two games, if you take out the middle one against Buffalo, like <laughs> nine yards and then 111 uh, just recently. So interesting that they bring in this piece. Yep.
2: All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's move on to, uh, Cincinnati. And, uh, you know, as, as it turns out, the, uh, Kadarius Tony news was just kind of the distraction, which got us away from the real hip, hip check into the boards. Um, uh, Jamar Chase going to IR for really, who knows how many weeks, uh, you're, your thoughts on it, Dave, as far as like the injury, what do you, what do you think? Is it, is this going to be four weeks, six weeks or longer?
3: I think it's devastating for the, for first and foremost, I think it's devastating for the whole Bengals team. I mean, chase does so much for everybody on that team. He opens the field up and it's sad really, because I think I, I, it's probably the uh, end of the year for chase. Uh, he's getting a second opinion. Anytime you get a second opinion, he didn't like the first opinion. So, uh, I won't be surprised if Chase doesn't see the field again until next year and gets, gets going again. But um, I, it helps T. Higgins, I guess. Uh, he'll be more involved. But overall, I mean, it's a huge downgrade for the Bengals' whole offense. I mean, the they're, they're, teams will be able to condense the field more. Chase did, demanded so much coverage. Uh, you had to roll safety over the top of him. Uh, Tyler Boyd doesn't do that. I mean, Tyler Boyd versus because of Chase. That's the problem so and there's no replacing him i mean you can't replace a player like that he's a generational talent uh he, he's uncoverable man to man you put a man to man and he's going to beat you every single time so it, it really hurts the Bengals' chances of doing anything the rest of the year in my opinion yep uh
2: jd thoughts on that
0: yeah you you know i have higgins one of my most owned players uh at first as you saw in the dm first hearing the news kind of not excited you never want to see anyone especially I do have Chase shares you don't want to see anyone injured and it does hurt the offense thinking Higgins gets a bigger you know bigger part of the pie but you look at the game splits. Then 5.6 PPR per game difference with and without Chase in the uh in the game with him obviously scoring more points when Chase is involved taking that cover coverage um away so we'll see how it plays out moving forward see how they adjust it's, it's going to be interesting, but I think Dave nailed it. I think the, the offense as a whole obviously is hurt and hopefully, hopefully the pieces around him can still help us in fantasy, but you know, we'll see how it, uh, how it plays out. What do you think, Dan?
2: Yeah, I, I, I think Dave really nailed it with saying, uh, you know, this is going to allow defenses to really compress the oh, field man. on the offense a little bit more. They're just going to have a lot more trouble stretching the field. Uh, you know, I, I think if they go out and do anything in free agency based off of this, they want to try to find somebody who's a burner, uh, who can who can try to take the top off the defense because that was one of the functions. I mean, obviously, Chase did so much more than that, but that was one of the functions that helped make
3: the rest of the offense go. Um, like Will Fuller, you mean? <laughs> Uh, Brandy yeah. Cooks would be an interesting name for them, in my opinion. Yeah, does, Brandon he Cooks. He has good. the speed. That, that would
0: be sweet speed. for all the yeah. Brandon Cooks shares we have, Dan.
3: <laughs> yeah, that would be a that – that's who they – in my, my, my eyes. That's who I love that fit. That's
0: exactly. a great fit.
3: Yeah,
2: I, I think that makes some sense for sure. Uh, how, how about uh, Mike Thomas, who's kind of the, you know, quote-unquote replacement for Jamar Chase. Hub, you interested in him
3: at all? I mean, he'll, he'll have some value in fantasy, of course, but he's just not going to be a guy that's going to be anywhere close to Chase. I, I look at guys, I say, oh, can this guy replace 80% of what Chase does? I don't think he can replace 80% of what Chase does. Maybe 50% of what Chase does. And But I, I won't, I'd won't. i be surprised if they don't go out and, and when, they, when when Chase gets his second opinion, if they get that before the trade deadline. I, I'll be shocked if they don't push to get a speed receiver opposite Higgins because they could still win then because Higgins can beat Higgins is a, is a pro receiver. He's a really, we saw it during the playoffs. He's he's dynamic, but um, he needs help. I mean, it, look at all the, the good receivers that when they don't have any help on the other side, it's easy to take them away because you can just roll all the coverage over there and, oh, okay, let Mike Thomas beat our other corner one-on-one. How often is he going to do it? Not often, so.
2: Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Higgins is kind of a clasher who can also get a little bit of yak for you, uh, you know, which is, which is nice, but. Yeah, it, it just helps him so much to have Chase on the other side. Uh, yes.
0: Guys, drop your cool. questions in the chat. By the way, we'll we'll be answering all of them uh, at the end of the show. Sorry, Dan.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes, Michael Thomas for Mike Thomas. Yeah, we once again <laughs> we are probably gonna have to have the the argument about which one's the good Mike Thomas and which one's the bad. We Mike definitely got to have that argument in my eyes. So, <laughs> so and that's uh, that is not a compliment to. Uh, New Orleans Saint Mike Thomas. So, uh, let's let's move into tonight's game though, real quick. Uh, the the Bucks' offense just really looks broken right now. Uh, Dave, what do you think the problem is in Tampa?
3: Uh, we'll see if Julio looks like he might uh, be coming back. I think that will help their offense. They just don't have. I mean, they kind of have the problem. They have they have Godwin and Evans, and I love Evans. Evans is a great player. And this Brady looks a little off. I don't, I don't know if Brady's family stuff gotten got into his head. The middle game of football is overrated in my opinion. And, and maybe his mind is in another place right now with his uh, situation uh, with his wife and his kids and all that. I think that's affected his play, whether he wants to admit it, or the Bucks want to admit it. it look at everyday life. When something's going on with my kids or my wife, it affects my thought process and the way I do things. Any normal human would, would do that. So I think that's, have, that's had an effect on his play, whether he wants to admit it or not. And he's done some stuff differently than he's done in the past. Like, you would never see Brady go to a wedding, fly his plane down to the game, skip the walkthrough. I mean, this dude showed up at uh, every uh, training camp for as long as he's been in the NFL. So so his, his his interest has kind of waned, I think. And I think it's had an overall effect on his team and teammates.
2: Yeah, you kind of wonder
3: if, uh, if,
2: if he kind of thought, well, hey, if I come back, I can get, you know, Rob Gronkowski back. And, you know, those guys have been... You know buddies from way on back and i i, I think it kind of took a little bit out of the game for him when uh when gronk didn't come back but uh, more to your point uh, you know without a doubt you know one of the the main things brady's had is that legendary focus you know and his his ability to uh, you know when he's away from the field he's still thinking about the game he's still breaking down film he's still you know just doing all those things tom brady does but if his focus is distracted um, you know, even if he's putting in the same amount of hours at it, it might not be as effective. So, I, I think that's a great point.
3: Who, and Father who Tom the, catches up with all of us. So, maybe, I mean, the guy, how many 45 year olds are under center for an NFL team?
2: I, I don't think right. I
3: name any. so. I mean, I mean Father know, his, Tom has a way of catching up with all of us. Yeah. I mean, his arm still kind of looks
2: like it's good to me, but, um, yeah, I mean, you know. Maybe he's just not making some of the throws he used to as well. He's just sticking with what he can do. He made a pretty uh, good throw to Mike Evans, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the thing too. I mean, there's been you know just a, there's been a lot of things that have happened this year with the Bucks where it's been just kind of that close, you know, and it just hasn't hasn't come through for him. Who who in this offense is still in your circle of
3: trust right now? My, uh, Mike Evans, I mean, I, I'm a Mike Evans homer from his Galveston ball days down the street from where I live. I watched the kid play high school basketball. I'm I'm always going to be, I mean, I, I, I don't have as many Mike Evans shirts as I, I had in the past, but I still root for the kid and really, really like him. The Rashad White kid really has a lot of juice and maybe he would help their offense. I know they, they lean on Lenny, but I mean, the Rashad White kid at this point, probably, he's probably better than Lenny, so... Those two guys probably are the ones I would trust the most. How about Godwin? I mean, I like Godwin, but he, he come off that injury. I don't know if he has the same burst as he had. He's he's a solid receiver, but I don't know if he's the same guy as he was last year either. Uh, I like their young tight end. The Otten kid is really, really good, and, and hopefully they just stay with him and go with him. And uh, mm-hmm. and uh, so those those three guys probably for me, the ones I really trust the most, Rashid White, uh, Rashad White, um, Otten, and Evans.
2: Okay. All right. How about, how about for you, JD?
0: I'm just looking at tonight's game. You got me looking at the lines. So I don't know if you looked at them right now. It's two, it's a two point uh, advantage. Uh, what is it? Ravens? Yeah. No, Tampa Bay at home. Right. So they have yeah. a two point. You usually give it three points for the home team. Um, so, I mean, I kind of like Baltimore with that, with that spread. I was looking at Lamar's over under for rushing yards is 64 and a half. And if you've looked he's only scored he's only uh ran under 64 yards in three games and two of them are really close or like high 50s uh so i, I might take the over on uh, on lamar uh rushing yards tonight uh, it's hard to trust the 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 tampa bay offense right now i mean you know everything dave said i'm not gonna spend much more time because he nailed a lot of it just i think if brady's not working it's hard for this offense in general to to function properly and give you what you expect from all the pieces
2: yeah, and you know one thing I was I was looking at with the Bucks is they're they're generating a good number of fantasy points, but they're not generating the touchdowns to go with them. Um, you know, which are kind of those extra points that give you the you know the extra gravy for any given player, and the and also they've been kind of spread out amongst a lot of different players a little bit more uh, than sometimes we've seen in the past. So it makes it harder to trust I think everybody in that offense a little bit. Um, we had a we had a couple questions on uh, should, should I start <laughs> Brady and Godwin tonight?
0: <laughs> I, I like couldn't. Joe's I like Joe's <laughs> comment. Uh, where were we? Yeah, here we go.
2: So Brady and Godwin. I I mean, you know, I guess everything in a vacuum depends on what your options are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I don't hate Brady tonight. I don't think that uh, you know I don't I don't think Baltimore. So- why don't we do this guys good or bad
0: i'll ask you and dave really quick um some some i guess week eight start sitting do you want mariota or brady dave brady brady dan dan you want brady or goff uh brady stafford stafford or brady um i'm gonna go brady i'm gonna i'm gonna go brady What about Dak or Gino?
3: I'm going to go Dak. Yeah,
2: I think I do. Their offense is going to be
3: a little different as Zeke sets, and I think they'll rely more on Dak and Pollard uh, in more of a passing game. So I I would definitely go Dak. All right, there you have it. All right.
2: Um, And then. Somebody wants to know if Otten is going to finally score tonight. Uh, that's a great question. Will he get me 20 points as a Kelsey fill-in? I'm going to go with no on that. Dave? I like Otten a lot. So
3: Yeah, I do too. I mean, but not, I don't know if I like him 20 points. tight end premium and if he scores. I mean, TDs are, are, are hard to predict. But um, the kid, uh, they use him in the red zone. So, wouldn't shock me if he got 20. Wouldn't shock me if he got 15. Somewhere in that ballpark. I think he'll be heavily involved. Okay. Sounds good.
2: Yeah, I am kind of more in the 13 to 15 point range, but uh, definitely makes sense.
0: Rashad White or Eno?
3: I, I, if if Connor plays, you have to go. I would go Rashad White. We don't know that. You, you need more information. whether yeah. Connor. If Connor's out, it's Eno easy, but uh, Connor's practicing and that coach is going to screw that up, even though I think Eno's a better running back than Connor at this point in their careers. They're going to use James Connor, so Rashid White would be if Connor plays. Rashid White would have a higher ceiling, I think.
2: Yeah, for sure. Connor needs to get traded. That's what needs to happen. Yeah,
3: could. I mean, he knows. I mean, he shows you he's better than he's better than Connor for their offense. For for, he's just a better all-around player.
2: Yeah, their their offense looked better uh, last week than it's looked all year. Definitely. You know. uh, You know. Obviously, the Saints are not the world's greatest team to play against, but. you know and, and and of course getting up big on them with a couple of uh pick sixes uh certainly didn't help hurt their offense at all and then let's see wayne was asking would you start julio tonight or would you roll with danta against atlanta this week
3: start i didn't hear that here dan start who uh here we go on the screen uh
2: julio tonight or danta against atlanta I, I would Dante definitely
3: Foreman. roll Dante against Atlanta. I mean, Julio, yeah. I don't know. He might he might tap out where it looks like um, Chuba might not even play, so Dante's getting it all. So I think that's an easy decision.
2: <coughs> yep. Excuse me, guys. Yep, same. All right, sounds good. Let's move to the Ravens real quick before we get off that game. Uh, Dave, what do you think about the Ravens offense? It's kind of transitioned back to being very run-heavy the past couple weeks. Is that – more of an issue of the health of the passing game weapons, or is it more of a general philosophy change by the coaching staff to go back to what they were doing before?
3: We'll see tonight. I think they're going to throw the ball tonight, so we'll see. I think someone in, yeah, biggest, someone in the uh, chat said that passing game of the year tonight, so we'll see if I'm right or not.
2: Yeah, totally. So, I, like I, all think.
3: The, I like all their passing game pieces tonight. If if looks like Andrews is going to play, you're always going to play Andrews. I ain't telling you nothing. You don't, you don't know if Andrews is active, you have to play him where you drafted him, and then I think Bateman will be involved. I think the passing game is going to be, be nice tonight. We'll see.
0: Big bounce back from Andrews. No after the dud? Yeah,
3: for sure. Yeah, let's, let's hope.
0: And then 26th plays per game, Baltimore. Hopefully that picks up and they can score us more points.
2: Right, yeah. I mean, that's, that's been a big part of it is the Ravens have just really slowed down the pace. Um, Dave, who on the Ravens is in your circle of trust right now?
3: I mean, I like what I saw from uh, Gus the bus. Uh, take it with a grain of salt for this week when he's coming off that injury short week. I mean, you see it with teams all the time. They do it with running backs that don't have coming off an injury. So I could see that's another reason I think they're going to throw the ball tonight because I don't think they want to overuse Gus after the number of touches he got uh, got in the past uh, week, last week. So I think maybe you're going to see them throw the ball more, run with Lamar more, and maybe not pound gus and then 10 days from now gus gets the rest he needs so on a short week i don't i don't i don't really particularly uh, like gus this week i like lamar in the passing game a lot more
2: yeah i did the same thing i, I i'm definitely long term i think gus is uh you know i i think harbaugh loves gus uh you know definitely I, does. I I, I I think he just fits exactly what he's looking for um uh, but for this week uh, yeah coming off that short week i i definitely am sitting uh, gus more than i would be normally so um uh, curious to get your take on the colts move at quarterback dave um do you think matt ryan was a the problem there or is it more of an offensive line problem um what do you, what do you think was going on there to get matt ryan benched
3: their offensive line has regressed and matt ryan's not a mobile quarterback so i think that affected matt ryan's play but Matt Ryan's another guy that Father time's kind of caught up with his arms, not the same. He has a shoulder problem. And I think they just want to give the Sam, uh, Effinger kid a chance. And I watched Effinger kid play at Austin Westlake. He still holds a lot of Texas high school passing records. Uh, I think he's going to be an upgrade to their offense. And I don't think it's going to affect, uh, I think it's going to be a boom for their receivers and, and the running game with JT, because, uh, he can also run a little if you ever watched him play at the university yeah. of Texas. So, yeah. I think Sam's a better quarterback than people realize, and I think they're going to be might be surprised if they hadn't watched him play that he's going to make. He, I think he's going to improve the team, and I think the coaches know it. Just Matt Ryan cannot get away. He, he's fine if he can sit in the pocket, read the field. He's a pro quarterback, but if he has to move at all, forget about it. He's just going to fall. I've seen some of those memes they put out there. Dead on. He looks like he's getting uh, rolled around by a by a by, <laughs> by a by a big monster or something because he cannot move and get out of the way. He has no pocket awareness anymore. But. Right, I think it's and, I think it's a big a big move for the for the Colts' offense overall.
2: Yeah, it could be. How about how about Jonathan Taylor? He's kind of struggled to do his Jonathan Taylor things this year. Um, are you surprised
3: about that? Um, a little you, bit. One, two things: their offensive line is not as good as it was in the past. But I think Jonathan Taylor will have a bigger second half of the year than he had the first half of the year. Uh, Injury I mean, injuries are a problem for anybody. I don't care who you are, uh, CMC, JT, any of them. Eckler doesn't matter. If you get banged up, you're not the same guy, but JT looks a lot better to me right now. So I think they're gonna lean on him with Sam and Sam's mobility is gonna open lanes for JT. And I think JT is gonna have a pretty good second half of this year. So if you own him and you're still alive, he didn't kill you and you were able to to work and keep your team in contention. I think you got a a, a lot more hope now than you did. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Go buy those JT pieces.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what
2: uh, Ellinger can do there because, I mean, you know, I I probably watch more Big 12 football than almost anybody in the state of Minnesota. Uh, but, uh, you know, so I've, I've definitely seen him. And, uh, you know, I I think and I hope that will help out JT. Uh, you know, if, if JT still can't get it going, then I'm going to have to go with he's he's got some kind of nagging injury that he's just, you know, that's slowing him down. Um uh, so, you know, whether it's the ankle or if there was something else, because, I mean, it, you know, even earlier in the season, he was still struggling. So hopefully hopefully getting the new quarterback definitely will help him out and uh, get him back. I do have some JT teams that are, that are still alive, but, I mean, I'm, I, I, I am struggling to uh, stay above water with those teams. So <laughs> Yeah, I understand. You know. <laughs> let's, let, let's get in there and, uh, and, and let's get JT doing JT things. Um, another offense that we all thought you know was gonna be an interesting uh one to figure out this year was the Packers. Um and they have been very frustrating, I think, for a lot of people. Um other than Aaron Jones and Lazard, there's been no consistent options in this offense at all and not a lot of productivity um beyond Jones and Lazard. I mean even Aaron Rodgers doesn't really get much at all. Um you know, so AJD, I think we could say is kind of become another handcuff running back right now. Dave, is that you think that's fair to say, or you think his time is still coming
3: for who? A Dylan. Dylan, yeah, yeah. Dylan. Dylan's just a just a handcuff, just a guy. I mean, you can't start him. Uh, the problem with the with the Packers offense, they have no weapons. I mean, they have nobody to stretch the field. They're devoid yeah. outside of Aaron Jones. They have nobody that scares me, like nobody. If I was a defensive coordinator, I would literally just stack the box and keep. Key on Aaron Jones, and put, put put my best safety on Robert Tunyon. And just if anybody else on the offense can beat me, beat me, because they don't have anybody. They did they, they have done a horrible job of constructing their roster. Uh, when you have a player like Aaron Jones, who's one of the best running backs in the NFL, he's top five in my eyes. Mm-hmm. But, but he has nobody to help him, like literally nobody. So they're devoid they're the of weapons. So they're not going to be successful. I mean, Aaron Jones will have occasional game where he catches eight, nine, ten passes because he's that good. But outside of him, they have nobody that can be the NFL defense. Literally no one. Yeah, this is, this is a
2: team that's dying for Brandon Cooks here. You know. It, the honest,
0: it, honestly, Dan, the fact that they haven't been able to surround a guy like Rogers, MVP quarterback in this many years, clean house, man. Clean that clean house. Get management out of there, new coaching staff. Uh, they haven't been able to do anything with, for them um, in any position on the offense. They've got two solid running backs, but they barely know how to use them anymore. Like you said, A.J. Dillon went from being a really productive part of the offense to just a regular
3: backup now. Yeah, no doubt. I would fire their coach. I would have fired their coach at halftime in the last game, <laughs> but I' <not> just me.
2: <laughs> yeah, I can't argue with it. But that front office has been a problem for a while. Uh, they just, you know. When you when you've got somebody like Aaron Rodgers, you need to put some talent around him. You know,
3: the, 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 I mean, Rodgers knew this. I'm surprised he came back because he knew. I mean, he's not a dummy. He saw the saw the problems with the team, but they never did anything to address it. I mean, it's crazy that they're going to go into a season with Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard. I mean, Lazard's a good is a good complimentary player, but he's just not a wide receiver that can beat him. Look at every a, a, every other NFL team has somebody on their team that scares you, like this guy can beat us. I mean. The Packers have nobody but they, but the running back, and it's easy for defensive coordinators to to limit limit the running back from from beating you in the game if you don't have any weapons on the outside to 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 to, to stress the field some. Yep, yep, for sure.
2: All right, let's let's move quickly into the Raiders. Uh, you know, the, this is another offense. It's. Uh, it's not really gone according to what we thought it might go to uh, to start the season. It's been Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, and not much else. Uh, wh- why do you think that is? I mean, we, we thought McDaniels was going to favor a pass catching tight end or a good slot receiver, maybe both, and we haven't seen that yet. What, what do you think is going on with this offense?
3: The Raiders confuse me more than any team in the NFL. I really think they're just trying to run the wheels off of Josh Jacobs because they have no intention of re-signing him. I don't think they're going to re-sign him at all, no matter what he does. But I have to give the kid credit. He's been amazing. Uh, yeah. Their offensive line must be really, really good. Because Jacobs is not a burner, but he makes he, – he, one thing I will say about Josh, Josh Jacobs' first half of the year, what I call variance has ran in his favor. He gets a lot of one-yard, two-yard touchdowns on top of any other things he's done. They're also using him in the passing game, which I thought they wouldn't. Uh, so I, he, he, he confuses me. But I think the second half of his year might not look as good as the first half of his year. Is what what I think is going to happen because they when you run a running back like that and, and the usage he's getting is unreal it's almost you don't see anybody get that kind of usage in the NFL and uh, the variance is definitely running his favor but I think it's going to be a lot like the year James Robinson got people to the to the championship round and then nothing so uh, he's going to get he's going to make you some regular season money and if you had him be grateful but I, I see a downward trajectory more and I see an upward trajectory with with the way they chose to use him in the first half of the year.
2: So Josh Jacobs, total yards uh, this week, 108.5 rushing and receiving put
3: together. Higher or lower? I'll take lower, he's already popped up on the injury report. In the NFL, when you take a beating like that, he's a, he's a well put together guy and he runs hard and he has pretty good, more, better vision than I gave him credit for. But when you take a beating like that, eventually it's gonna catch up with you. It catches up with everybody and why they're why uh and it's not mcdaniel's it's not his history history to use a running back like that look back to his days in new england they would rotate running backs like nobody's business so i'm not quite sure that he doesn't feel confident yet in zamir white to and i think you'll see more zamir white later in the year and i don't understand why he doesn't use Abdullah and the other passing down backs during the game he's just choosing to just run jacobs in the ground so uh, as long as that'll last the next and one week, two weeks from now, but sooner or later. And like I said, Jacob's already popped up on injury points a red flag for me. So uh, I think eventually the usage that that kid's getting is going to catch up with him.
0: What did you say the over-under was, uh, the yardage?
2: Uh, 108.5 rushing and receiving. Yeah, he's
0: averaging 105.5 right now, third in, third in the league. And, I mean, he's got some nice numbers. If you look at his juke rate, uh, yards per touch, 5.9, eighth in the league. So he's doing – well with what he's given but like you said dave he's not going to be there next year he's hopefully he's winning himself a nice contract somewhere else uh next season but yeah this offense is kind of odd uh dan we have renfro in a couple lineups and it's like you think he's gonna come you know give you something one game and just gives you a dud what about zamir
2: i'm losing faith in waller
0: well waller i lost faith a long time ago dan i haven't played him i'm not playing him uh, Dave's asking about Zamir. He's a guy I was thinking is a good buy right now. With with A. Jacobs, what he's getting, and like you said, Dave, uh, you know, not getting a contract next
3: year. Sure, yeah, definitely. If you're in dynasty, you're into dynasty or any of that thing. Sure, he's a good stash for sure.
2: Yep, without a doubt. So, you you think there's any hope for
3: Renfro or Waller rebounding this year, Dave? Runfro, I'm not sure about Waller. I think is going to have a monster second half of the year. He's Ooh. been another guy has been injured, so I definitely wouldn't give up on Darren Waller. Uh, I'll have Darren Waller playing a lot as soon as he's back on the field. I, I think I think Waller's time is coming. So yeah, we'll see do if you, I'm right. Do you well. trust
2: him this week?
3: Uh, I don't think he's going to play this week, Dan. I think he's still. You don't, you don't think so? No, I think they're going to hold him out another week. I, that's okay. what I think. I think they want him a hundred percent. So uh, I, I would prefer that they have him a hundred percent for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Shout out to Wayne pointing out Darren is throwing the ball 1.5 times less per game than last year.
2: Yeah, and and to be honest, Carr doesn't really surprise me at all in this offense because he's been, you know, he's been kind of more of a quarterback, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 kind of guy. And, you know, right now he's quarterback, I don't know, like 16, 17, something like that, depending on your scoring system. So, you know, for me, Carr is who he's always been. Uh, It's just... You know how the how the offensive touches are being distributed. That's that's really thrown me for a loop.
3: He's a game manager.
2: A, mm-hmm. That's a good. That's exactly what he is. Right, right, exactly. You you definitely don't want him uh, having to air it out too much. All right, GD, you want to uh, you want to hit the FFPC here? Also?
0: Let's give let's give some airtime to our partners at the FFPC. This show is brought to you by friends over at myffpc.com guys right now the weekly challenge you know we're deeper into the season you know that some of your leagues as much as you got to keep grinding because that's what true goats do you know you're out at least this gives you an opportunity to win weekly you got two contests $35 $200 up to $10,000 to win 30 and 100 team contests classics and slim formats no kicker defense guys jump in the fun as the season goes on you'll have less and less teams uh you know to manage hopefully you still have enough to give you the the cake the cache but uh till then myffpc.com there's a link below help support the show help support our friends over at myffpc.com
2: yeah definitely so this this is one thing that I was interested in uh talking with Dave about tonight was uh just kind of getting his ideas on how he's handling the middle of the season uh D- Dave go ahead just you know tell us how roughly how many uh managed leagues do you have going <laughs>
3: I have over 300 plus and like, like I told y'all pre-show, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. It's a grind. I've started some new processes that I think are, that are helping my, helping me. Um, so I, so on Thursday, to give you a glimpse of what I, what I do, I mean, I average about no joke. I average about 15 hours a day doing this. So it's a job. It's worse than when I work for a living and I probably won't do this again to this extent, because I don't know if I, I'm getting older and I don't know if I can hold up to it. I got friends, uh, Lonnie, Lonnie, and Phil Huey, who encourage me and, and, and give me a, a lot of strength. Uh, there, they have a piece of my, of my teams, and they're my best friends, and, and uh, that helps. But still, the grind is just, is just too much. You know, uh, I start on like a new process I started this year that I think is, that, that, has, that has helped. Um, on Thursdays, I start about 7 a.m. and I go all the way to kickoff. I look at every team we have, uh, make adjustments that I need to adjust, see if I how the waiver wire went. Uh, look at what I might have missed in the waiver wire, add people in to bid groups to start for Sunday's early waiver wire. And so I do that do that every day of the week. Um, I'm either looking at teams or analyzing teams or working on the waiver wire or making adjustments we need to make. I also don't give up on teams because a lot of the teams we're doing are tournament teams. So the team might be out of contention, but I might leave somebody for another team that could beat me in the shootout. So I grind the teams that are out of it and I have a hard time giving up on a team thinking, I can make this 200 points up in four weeks. Uh, something went wrong with the team. I did something wrong. I can, I'll make it up and I'll sneak in. So I keep grinding every team because every dollar counts. Uh, I have people that invest in me, so uh, that means a lot to me. So I, I, I don't want to give up on any anything that could make them some money and make myself some money. So So, yeah, the grind is endless with what I do, and I don't recommend it. And if you do anything close to volume, like I uh, talked to Dan about pre-show, I think you should mix in confined leagues because confined leagues, you're only trying to beat 11 people and you can make a percentage of your money back where you're not relying on strictly winning a tournament. Because regardless of what you think, how good you think you are, or you know everything or whatever, the tournaments are very hard to win. Uh, You you can get there with a bunch of bullets and everything can go wrong during that three-week stretch. One year I had football guys, everybody knows what the football guys tournament is. I had five of the top 10 teams in the regular season, including the number one overall team. And I didn't make a penny in the shootout. And in other years when Nelson and I were partnering, we had a main event that started the main event like 70th place. And it won the main event for a quarter of a million dollars. So uh, if you uh, you want to get to the shootout, no matter where you are in the shootout, the scores reset. You're going to be within 25 or 30 points, no matter if you're the worst team in the shootout or the best team in the shootout. And you can make 25 points up, and the whole standings can flip-flop in one one week. But to manage – I hear people say, oh, man, if I could just do 200 teams, I'd have it made. No, you wouldn't. If you, if you understood what it took to, to manage those teams, going from like 20 teams to 200 teams is night and day. I mean, if you're not doing – if you're not working at it 12 to 15 hours a day, you're probably going to get beat. I mean, the only guy that I know that manages close to the number of teams that I do is Chad, and I know the season wears him out too. Uh, I've heard him talk about it, and and he's right because he has the same mindset I do. He doesn't want to give up on any teams. He understands that he needs to grind every team, and even if the team's out, he doesn't want to let somebody get something in that league that could beat his good teams in the shootout. So it's a constant and never-ending grind. It's what I call his groundhog day. When I start <laughs> drafting in, in – in um, june till i finish up in in december every day is almost the same because i like all i do is get up in the morning i sit in the same chair i have two ipads because the battery goes down on one i got to move to another one and literally <laughs> if, it, if 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 I, if I if i can go to bed at midnight i feel good about the day i've had many days where i don't go to bed i just keep keep grinding because uh, it's a job to me and this is this is what i do i want to win that is
2: that, that, that is a level of insanity that I hope I never achieve, Dave.
3: I hope that for you too, Dan, because <laughs> like, like I told you, it's, it's not good for you mentally or physically to manage this number of teams. I'm going to be honest with you because you don't want to spend – it's exhausting spending 15 hours a day doing anything. I worked for a living for 25 years, and I told myself, after you do something for 25 years as a human, you need to find something else to do because you become jaded in that line of work, you become cynical – i see it in my in my life this well, sometimes i get in trouble on twitter because what i've done in my previous life affects what i the way i think now so it's inevitable so anytime you do something for 25 years whatever it is you probably find you need to find something else to do so
0: and and i think one thing you said that was important there and i think back to my poker days and bankroll management tourneys versus cash games right the cash games help you manage your bankroll because taking shots at tourneys are fun and and it's like high risk high reward type of thing but for you to be, be able to maintain uh, that bankroll, you got to play in the confined leagues, like you said. And and I think that applies, especially like best ball volume, uh, the FFPC, it's easy to get kind of play the super flex, you know, and now they have so many best ball tournaments on all these sites. Underdog, use the code district. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you've, you've got all these sites now. So in order to manage, I think that's important for the audience uh, to, to look at that, you know, how much, how much percentage of your input is or your buy-in is going into tournaments versus uh, those confined leagues sure
2: yeah without a doubt because my my confined leagues are definitely a big part of what i do Um uh, i do more definitely far more dollars in combined combined leagues than i do in the uh tournaments tournaments yeah. uh, you know just because i do a lot of dynasty so of course you know every every one of those dynasty leagues is confined league and then you know i do some auction leagues uh, i've been uh this year i got into the nff super i've got in into the uh, the FFPC uh, varsity, you know, in some leagues like that, you know, and what I've discovered even on those leagues is that, you know, th- it's, it seems a little intimidating, you know, at first to, oh, I'm gonna be in this league, you know, where the entry fee is, you know, 3,000 or 2,500 or 5,000 or 10,000 or whatever. Uh, you know, but the thing is they're, they're bad players in every league almost. Um, you know, not to not to knock the competition or everything, and there are also you know some teams are just going to have bad luck. Uh, you know, you're still drafting from that same pool of players that every other league is drafting from. Uh, you know, so you you've still got kind of your same chances. Uh, you know, if you if, if you're comfortable and confident as a drafter, you know, there's no reason why you shouldn't step up to those leagues.
3: Yeah, my favorite my favorite team I drafted this year was done in a 10k, and I co-managed co managed uh, it with a Billy Musio. a lot of people know and it's by far my favorite team it was the last draft we did of the year and we threw everything out of the main event all the football guys leagues i did and we drafted that team solely based on how we thought we could beat 11 people and uh, that team is amazing i think it i think it's the best 10k league i've ever drafted and we had a great one last year but this team is just different the way we put it together the thought process I, i say it's the best job i've ever done in a confined league draft of changing my thought process. After drafting that many teams, a lot of times you get stuck in a rut. You're gonna stick to the ADP. You're gonna stick to where guy goes. We threw all that out the window and just drafted this team just like we thought would give it the best chance at success. And it's running away with the league in in, in victory points. So that goes to show you confined leagues are a little different uh, thought process and a little different mindset than just drafting like you do to try to win a tournament. Yep, yep, without a doubt. Definitely a little bit of a different process. I think you need, you need
0: less luck and more skill, too, I think, in, in a confined. Yeah, and,
3: and in the 10Ks at FFPC, I will say this. There's some very sharp drafters. Uh, there, there's six or seven owners that, that that are as good as it gets when you're drafting fantasy football, high-stakes fantasy football. So if you win one of those, you, you, did, a, you did a good job because they're not going to give up. They're <laughs> going to grind to the end, and, and they know what they're doing. So yeah, I'll I feel real, real fortunate if we can win one of those. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, any questions in the chat, JD, that we need to get to?
0: Yeah, let's get, get through it. Uh, Lex is asking, could use y'all's help with chase out? Foreman, Henderson, Brian Robinson, Gus Edwards, Khalil Herbert. He needs two. It's PPR. He needs two this week. So Foreman, Hendo, Brian Robinson, Gus, Khalil. It's
3: kind of easy for me. Uh, I'm going to go Foreman and Henderson. I uh, like Khalil. It would be Khalil if the coach wasn't a moron, but right. it's, uh, it's uh, Foreman and Henderson for me kind of easily Yep, this week.
0: Yep.
2: Same for me, Foreman and Henderson.
0: 1912, I think we answered this earlier, talking about the Bengals. Uh, Burrow hurt, obviously, by, by Chase's injury, right, Dave?
3: Oh, 100% he's hurt by Chase's injury. I mean, Chase, Chase is his guy. That's his alpha dog. You don't have many of those guys walking around on the planet, so – Yeah, it definitely hurts him. I think Burrell will still be decent. I I didn't really draft the the Bengals. I didn't love their shootout this year. uh, Because a lot of my drafting uh, thought process comes to, I know people say you can't predict defenses, but I I still do it as an exercise. And I just didn't love what I saw in their shootout. And so, yeah, I mean, it's going to hurt. Definitely going to hurt fantasy-wise. Yeah,
2: without a doubt. I, I did the same thing. I kind of I, I didn't do any big Bengals stacks on uh, my tournament teams. I do have some Bengals, but not necessarily as a stack.
0: All right. Uh, go ahead, Dan, on the box okay. of chocolate.
2: Rank in rank order: uh, Kareem Hunt, uh, Gordon, or Michael Carter?
3: For the rest of the year? Uh, for this week. Just for this oh, week, yeah. Carter, easy. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going quarter 100%.
0: Yeah, who's your Carson. second guy?
3: Who was the three? Cream Hunt and who? Gordon, Gordon, Gordon and uh Mike go Carter. Carter Hunt, Even though they might hold him out, uh, I, I I don't know. Gordon against Jacksonville to fly over there. They, they only have two backs now. Boone's gone, so I mean, I, I can see Gordon. I, I could flip, flip there and go Gordon.
0: Yeah,
2: I, I I think Carter's the easy one for sure. Yeah. Tua our
3: deck,
0: to Dak our deck this week, Dave.
3: I like what I'm seeing from Tua, so and I like Tua's weapons.
0: Up against Detroit, then Dax playing Chicago.
2: Yeah, uh, oh God, I don't know. Probably Tua, but it, this one's really close for me. Really close. Yeah,
0: implied Vegas points uh, twenty-seven and or is it 27 and a quarter to 26 uh i'll, I'll take two i like i like what we've seen we haven't seen Dak yet play. Yeah. you know to make us happy yet so when i get that then i might
3: and Dak two has three three or four weapons Dak has one if you want to be honest about beating, beating people so right are you bothering with uh o d b absolutely not <laughs> Interesting. So why? and my question would be why
0: hope wishful yeah. thinking
3: everybody needs hope yeah hoping
0: it's his rookie year all over again which got me pretty far in the football guys getting him off waivers
3: yeah i think his best days are behind him yeah
0: what about um he need what is this league where he need qbs throw
3: throw 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 oh i
0: thought he was asking it. oh yeah rogers yeah. or lawrence that's rest of season
3: even, that's not even a question for me. it's not even close no not even, no, no, nope, no, I'm, not even at all. I'm gonna take lawrence Definitely. I, I I just
0: picked up Fields in 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 a, in a league to play over Rogers. Fields so.
3: yeah, look pretty good. I mean, he yeah. has the talent. Just if that coaching staff will let him uh, do play action on first down, when they run it twice up the middle and put the kid in third and ten, I don't. No nobody's going to look good. But when they execute a him out on first down, gives him an opportunity to do what he does good. Run. Uh, he's a dynamic player. They do a horrible job of using that kid so far. But I was encouraged by their what they did in New England.
2: Yeah. All I- right. I had Fields as a number one quarterback in that class, even over uh, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, I love and, Fields, talent. Yeah, same. And, you know, it, it will be interesting to see if he can overcome his first two years in the league where his coaching staff has done him no favors whatsoever. I mean, obviously, Trevor Lawrence had the same issue uh, his first year, uh, you know, but now he's at least getting some decent coaching. And, uh, you know, Fields, it's its slowly getting better for him. So let's let's hope. Uh, Swift. Yeah, a couple questions from 1912. Uh, How about Swift, the rest of the schedule?
3: Swift is my dude. Let's pray, man. I got more Swift than I even want to admit to. And uh, I love love Swift the rest of the year. Hopefully the kid can stay on the field because he's, to me, he's the most dynamic player in the NFL. I'm a DeAndre Swift homer, and I got too much DeAndre Swift, so I need the kid to be on the field, so I'm rooting for him.
2: Yeah, same. I've got uh, I've got some teams that are are you know taking on water big time over the last few weeks. That uh, if 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 Swift can bail them out, uh, they can definitely go places. I
3: kind of like what the coach did. He held him out to see if he could heal him up to hundred percent because Swift's the guy that gets whatever. I don't know why he gets banged up, but they were trying to get him to hundred percent. So I, I like Campbell's philosophy as a coach. So hopefully he's ready to go the rest of the year.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things where you're you, you know I, w- I was cussing and throwing things uh, last <laughs> Sunday. I mean I already knew before Sunday he wasn't going to play, but you know when you when you, when you get that final word and you're like, damn, it kind of hurts. Yeah, yeah it kind of hurts, but uh, you know on the other hand, you know you cool down and then like yeah, you know this this could be for the best. You know you got to take that long term view. Uh, you know survive another
3: week and then then see what he can give you. How about uh, Donovan Peoples Jones? I'm impressed with the kid. Uh I think he's a really good second receiver. And I think when Watson comes back, you might see him uh that offense even first more. I mean talking about some weapons. Cooper's still a uh can beat anybody one on one. Uh Najoko has just been an absolute beast in the middle of the field and D P J is better than what he gets credit for. So yeah, I don't mind he needs I think he needs Watson to get back to meet to reach his ceiling, but uh, the kid's better than the better than most. <laughs>
0: 3, yeah, double, di- three d- double digit uh, point games, Dan, from uh, the young receiver in the last four games.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, he's one of those guys that I'm, you know, if if somebody drops him, uh, you know, with the bye weeks coming up here, um, good stash. He's got a bye in week nine here, so you know, uh, and and there's six teams on bye that week, so I'll be I'll be looking to see if he gets dropped anywhere where I can scoop him up. I have been kind of slowly scooping him up, uh, you know, as the season's gone along here, so.
0: Dave, this has been a blast, man. We respect you tremendously, and we appreciate the time that you've shared with us tonight. Uh, why don't you give us your quick uh, thoughts on tonight' game? Uh, which way you think it's going to
3: go, a Bucks or Ravens? Which one you like with the the spread at two? I I, uh, I think it's going to be the Ravens, and I'll leave y'all with one parting thought from um, one of my best friends, Lonnie. She says, "If you want success in fantasy football, draft Chiefs and anyone who might be a chief in the future." So. That was her two cents on how to be successful. So anybody out there that wants to know the secret to success. that's yeah, it. Yeah, shout,
2: shout out to Lonnie and Phil. I <laughs> met them uh, in Vegas this this year, and I uh, got to we got to spend a little time uh, having some dinner and drinks. And uh, they're great people. Great people. Very nice.
0: Dan, what do you got on tonight's game?
2: Uh, I'm going Tom Brady revenge game. I think somehow the Bucks are gonna get their act together. Um, I don't know how, I don't know why, but I, I, I just feel like we might see Mad Time Brady tonight.
0: Possible. I'll go Ravens. I'm going to take the Ravens. Two, two points. I like Lamar getting uh, getting Bateman and uh, Mandrews going tonight and his feet. Guys, this has been a blast. Smash Enjoy the course. like. Smash a subscribe. Shout out to Dave. Follow Dave, Follow Dave but check out his Twitter handle, in the in the comments, uh, I posted it there for you guys because I can never remember it. Dave, you're the best man. Dan, do. love doing this with you. Enjoy the game, guys. We'll check you all later.
3: Later. Baby.
0: Dave's a a blast, man.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, one One of the true greats in the game.